All right. So I, um, this, this is my funny story of the week. Um, on Sunday, which was November 8th, um, I was watching this movie, Palm Springs. I love that movie. It's like one of my faves. So fun. Um, and the whole thing is they're at a wedding and the wedding is on November 9th. It's very like, it's a big point, like part of the plot. So, um, texted my friend. I said, OMG, this is at, okay, 8.23 PM. I said, OMG, just rewatched Palm Springs. Um, and it's November 9th, the same day as the wedding. 8.42 PM. Today is not November 9th. Never mind. <laughs> it was November 8th and I'm an idiot. And with that, roll intro. <laughs> This is Throwing Down with Jess and Lily. That makes no sense. You can be funny and not be offensive. The same way this is your workspace, this is my workspace too. It's never just sports. It's never just sports. It's never just sports. You'll be a little smarter and we'll be a little smarter and it will be great. I was close to being right. You know what's interesting? If you don't agree with this, then just turn us off. Turn us off. Oh, all right. On that note, we're throwing down. Two, one. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome back to Throwing Down with Jess and Lily. I'm Lily Caffrey Levine. I'm Jess King. And welcome to the first episode of Throwing Down, where we have a vice president elect that is a woman, a woman of color. We have never done this before. No one's ever done this before, but it is a new dawn, a new day. Um, and that feels good to say. But I just want to say the damn also, thing. They did the damn thing. I just want to say, like, we actually, we had a bye week last week. We took the week off because we record this on Tuesdays, post Wednesday morning. Um, and we kind of like tried to like think it out, be like, okay, like Tuesday, we could do it Tuesday night. We could like get up early, do it Wednesday morning. And I was just like, there is no scenario in which we record this podcast and anything that happens when we record is the same when we post. So I, we just kind of made the decision. We were like, we'll take an off week. It was also like a really hard week, a lot going on. So it just, it was a good bye week. Did you enjoy your bye week, Jess? Um, yeah, I worked all week um, and it was super stressful, like working. Mm-hmm. And then the election week, I mean, I think we both easily agreed we did not really want to put our podcast episode into that news cycle. I just yeah, figured we would be very, it felt very unimportant. Exactly. Like, like I love myself yeah. and I love us and I love this podcast, but I felt like we did were, not need to cloud yeah. people's feed with any other nonsense that was there already were bigger, more important things to focus on. But now here we are, here um, we are. a week later from that, and and a new now, cast. And Jess is also in a cast. So what's happening? This, there's um, a lot going on. Yeah, but huge. Obviously, Biden, Joe Biden, and Kamala Harris are the vi- the president and vice president elect. This is huge. Um, and it's Kamala Harris is the first black vice president, the first black woman vice president, the first South Asian American vice president, the first South Asian American woman vice president, which is all crazy important, huge shattering glass ceiling sound effect. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's so, so, so important to celebrate like these crazy glass ceilings she's shattering. But we also have to acknowledge that that doesn't necessarily solve any problem. There's still a lot of work to do. We want to keep striving for things like true racial and gender equity. The work is really only beginning, um, even though this is a huge step in the right direction. So like we have to commit ourselves to constantly learning, committing to being, being anti-racist, calling out injustices when they see, see them, holding our friends accountable for sexism, racism, misogyny, all of that. We have to keep voting. Local elections are so important. 
um, and they impact our lives in ways we don't even realize. It's so important. So while this is a good step in the right direction, we have a lot of work to do. The work is far from over. So celebrating and then getting back to it. Um, and exactly. getting back to it, as in we're gonna do kind of a normal podcast episode. Um, there's no, yeah, but we are gonna talk. We let about the, the experts talk bit. about the election. I'm just excited that things are a little different this week in a good way. Yeah, and like I said, I mean, nothing solved, but round of right applause direction. to all the people who went out and voted that maybe wouldn't have voted, didn't want to, mm. and a lot of that can be credited to our wonderful athletes that we know and love and um, using their platform for good things. You know, on November 2nd, um, according to the U.S. Election Project, there were 99 million people who had already voted in early voting on November 2nd, which was more than all of the votes in 2016. So crazy. And Joe Biden got the most votes in presidential election history, which is absolutely crazy. When you think about like 75 million people, like that, that's just like, I can't even, like that's a, that number is huge. And that's a lot of people. <laughs> a lot of people. A lot of people, that's a lot of votes. So Because when you think about how much a million is, and then you do that 75 times. Yeah. I mean, like a million's a lot of, a lot of things. I, I would like a million dollars. Um, but aside from the election stuff that we're going to get into in a second, there's a ton of things going on. Um, things are happening. <laughs> Specifically in baseball, I kind of want to talk about. Like, I know yeah. that we, the, we're going to do an NBA episode with the draft coming up next yes. week. With next week. Special guest. NBA draft show. Get so excited. So wait for that, and we'll talk about that and the new um, deal that just came out, the CBA that they agreed on starting the season um, and free agency and trades and all that we'll get into. But to touch on baseball, there's a couple things going on that are super close to my heart that I would like to talk about. As you can tell, I am wearing orange today and um, I don't have any blue. I should have worn my Mets shirt. Anyway, Steve Cohen is doing great things already um, in such a short time and that's wonderful. He tweeted one day a couple weeks ago and I don't wanna use this for my tweet of the week cause it didn't happen this week. But he said, to the fans, is there something you would like to see changed? And he just tweeted that and people started tweeting at him and he responded to some of them and like, bringing back um, like certain celebratory days that they took away from the organization and special game mm -hmm. days and things like that. And things that my, just make the fans experience like better. Even my though favorite one was so many people were like, please bring back dollar beer night. <laughs> I would love that. See, I, that it's is dangerous. something I can fully get behind. Um, so Steve's killing it. You have anything to say about that? Oh, I'm, I mean, it's just like, I've seen a lot of people are saying this. I'm not going to take credit for this. Like, um, realization but like someone people are saying they're like trump's gone the will ponds are gone what a fucking week and i was like shit yeah like if you're if you're a liberal mets fan what a fucking week <laughs> um so yeah i mean it's just like i think there's such a culture in owning a sports team that it doesn't have to be done by sports fans and that's there's like there's so many like business sides to it um, that like a lot of owners aren't necessarily, not a lot, but there are owners that aren't just like sports fans, they're investors. And that's a sport, uh, owning a professional sports team is a huge investment. Um, and so I think that somewhere in Actually there- Actually a $2.4 billion purchase if yeah, we're talking about Steve Somewhere Cohen. in there, it, it's this money thing, but then what about all the people that put their life and their soul into this team? Um, and so I think Cohen is doing a really, really good job at Kind of like in the way that 
politicians work for their constituents, Steve Cohen is working for the fans. He's like, how do you guys want this to be? And I think that that's just something you don't see in ownership a lot. Like you don't see like the, you guys are as much as a much as a much as much a part of this as I am, if not even more. Um, So how does this work for you? Not how does this work for me? And obviously the goal is to win a world series. And I'm sure like we've seen a lot of great things with like fans and stuff. And I'm sure there's other things too that he's going to be doing. But like, I think this is just really great. It's really great to see that like from an organization that's just really gotten the shit out of Well, here's what makes me a little nervous. Okay. Okay. So as a fan, um, Cohen just came out recently and said that if he would like to win a World Series in the next three to five years, if I not it's sooner. It's doable. Really? Yes. Okay, maybe it's just my no, it life as a is fan doable. of disappointment. He said, I would like to make it sooner. And obviously, if I don't get there, then that's going to be slightly disappointing. Like, mm-hmm. I want to go into this with really high hopes and like, yes, we're going to kick ass. Yeah. But like, no, I think it's totally part doable. of me that's like, I don't know if that's going to happen like that. No, I get, you can't get excited about it. I totally get that and respect it, but it is totally, totally doable. I think the Mets do have, um, they're not, they have good, they have good pieces. They're not bad. They have good pieces that aren't being utilized, I think, to the best of their ability. And I think that when you have someone that's going to see that and improve upon that, that's a big step that he's probably going to be much better on like the trade front, the trade end of things. Um, and like hoping that uh, helping out with in that sense. Um, so no, I mean, I think maybe three years is a bit of a stretch, but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm an extremely optimistic person, but I've also seen like, I guess one of the reasons I see it is that like the Red Sox went from like one of their worst records ever to winning a world series in one season. So I kind of think anything's right. Like history shows that that can happen. And the Mets have good players. Like that's something that it's like, the Mets have good players. So if there's a lot, so yeah, I totally, totally think it's possible. And again, it's not my, I don't have the same. Hey, if in five years I can say the Mets won two world series, I I don't know. I might have to flash Steve Cohen. Oh my gosh. Maybe. I wouldn't actually do that, but I'd be super excited. Um, Uh, Well, we'll see how this goes. I feel like we'll definitely have more Steve Cohen news because he's doing things which is like doing things exactly like he's made more headlines like granted he just bought the team but he's made more positive headlines in the last like couple of days than the Wilpons had ever Ever. um but on the flip side of baseball news there's something I actually really Ah! want to talk about (laughs) that um has just recently come out and I want to I want to read all these things and get all this going well um Chicago White Sox ah. manager, Tony LaRussa, his DUI charge, it came out today. Isn't he a little and bit look, racist too? Throw that into the list of things of what he is. So, I mean, yeah, so okay, we're just starting off. We're like three seconds in this conversation. We have a little bit racist, maybe a lot of it racist. I don't know the extent of um, what happened. Definitely conceded. Okay, so we have racist, because, conceded, DUI. Right. Not, okay. Great. If that came up on a dating profile, I'd say, see you never. So swipe left. Exactly. Um, And he's also on the, just not like the, a little bit more existential side of things. He's also very, very, I'd say traditional in his, the way he views baseball and the White Sox are like a fun team. And I just don't know how, 
I don't know. I don't know. I guess I don't know what the thinking is behind this. Like, it's a very like pre Moneyball this, era way. This of sentence perfectly encaptures what his mindset is. Okay. ESPN obtained the full arrest report. I don't know if you saw this because it came out like a couple hours ago when I was mm-hmm. sitting on the couch watching Netflix when I saw it. And I was like, ew. He said to the arresting officer, do you see my ring? I'm a Hall of Famer baseball player. I'm legit. I'm a Hall of Famer, brother. That's some, I'm sorry. That's just like something where like the state of like. It's just like not cute. Like that's the not The state of like over policing black people and young black boys and girls and then this fucking Tony LaRusso is gonna come up and be like I fucking won the world series fucking it, it up, all guys. comes like, in the same line of what we have talked about in our last episode anymore. with Antonio Brown I can't because it's just because you have power um and authority and accolades like being a hall of famer or being a professional athlete does not mean you are above the law but there has been for so many years they have acted above the law and the laws let them do so yeah so now we have ego maniacs who are celebrity athletes and coaches and what have you running around thinking they can do whatever because like a DUI not to diminish the terribleness of it happens all the time. You cannot just say, you cannot get out of it by just saying, Oh yeah, look at my ring. I'm a Hall of Fame baseball player. Like, you know how many people are in jail for things like that who are paying off fees and debts and lawyers like, from things and like how that. How many people are in jail for nonviolent? Like a DUI crimes? is so expensive, bro. You have money. Just take the slap on the wrist and go to jail for like an hour, if that, and then be done with it and pay off also, all your things. Like, why do you gotta make it like that? Also, you were drunk driving. Sorry, no excuse. Right. There's no excuse for it. I can't. And then what like, if you killed someone? Would you show up to someone's funeral yeah, and be like, oh, yeah. it's okay. I'm a Hall of Fame baseball player. I'm sorry for your loss. It's no, so that's a total, that's the most like arrogant thing. And I just, I, I, I'm very honestly shocked. So I, I'm pretty sure the DUI happened the day before they announced this. That he was hired. And that he was hired. Apparently he knew about it. I didn't get to read anything like really into that. I don't know if that's allegedly or they confirmed that. Yes. The white yeah, Sox I don't really know ownership like knew. The thinking um, behind that is. Um, but yeah. We'll, we're, now we're going to switch gears a little bit. Well, um, so before we, okay, we're going to get into a little, a few more things over here. Before we switch gears, I just want to share a story, an experience, whatever. Earlier today, Celtics legend Tommy Heinsohn passed away. Um, this, obviously, I'm a Celtics fan. He, Tommy Heinsohn was a huge, huge part of, like, me being a Celtics fan as a kid calling games. He said Tommy points, and there was, like, a little cartoon for it. Um, so that this is like a huge loss. Um, I believe he was 86 year old, 86 years old. He had eight titles as a player and two as a coach. Um, he had the second highest win total as a coach, only second to Red Auerbach, who's like the Celtics coach. Um, and I actually, my like personal story with Tommy Henson is that when I was a, I was going to be a junior in high school. I was going into my junior year of high school. Um, I was going to the Marist pre-college sports com program. Obviously, I ended up going to Marist, so it was like a huge kind of like first time that. Um, and 
the like day or weekend before I was going. My parents and I were at dinner um, in the North Shore of Massachusetts um, at this like lobster place we always went to. And Tommy Heinsohn was sitting at the table next to us. And my mom was like, that's so funny because you're about to go to the sports con thing. And she's like, you should go talk to him. And I obviously didn't because I, I like when I see someone. was probably sweating. <laughs> when I was, when I view someone as a celebrity, I get like so like nervous around them. Um, and so I didn't say hi, but it was like this really kind of cool, like um, kismet thing of like, I was going to do this thing that was like, felt like kind of the first step in like what I wanted my career to be in this guy who I've like watched like who I watched my entire childhood like do what I want to do was sitting at the table next to me which was just so crazy obviously I regret not going up and like saying hi um but it's it's kind of like a weird story because then obviously I ended up going to Maris and now I'm here um so obviously Tommy Hansen will be extremely extremely missed he was like a Celtics legend who's the ultimate Celtic so that's just the story I wanted to share about Tommy Heinsohn. Um, and people have been sharing their stories all over Twitter um, once it was announced. And they're just like, they're so heartfelt. So I just wanted to share that before we got into our next segment. Um, so Jess, if you want to kick it off now that I'm, I dampened the mood. Yeah, I don't have any, any story <laughs> like that. I'm not a Celtics fan, but rest in peace to a legend that will be yeah. missed in the basketball community. Um, so, like we mentioned before, we just come off, came off a very stressfully yet exciting week um, in terms of politics and election I have day. never watched more cable news, more TV. I have never, never had in my life. I was like this for five straight days and you know what my screen time went up like 63 oh, yeah. percent. and then you know what happened months. i not gave up but saturday morning rolls around i'm like you know what it's saturday it's the weekend now i was like i just need like i need to step away from my phone for like 20 minutes so i leave yes. my phone upstairs i go downstairs to like make coffee and it was announced that biden won and i was like i stepped away and that's true like a what you ever heard a watch pot doesn't boil like it, i said before a big um pat on the back to everyone that went out and voted and um athletes spent so much time this past year and especially in the last couple of months promoting um registering to vote and going to vote out on election day and how to make sure your mail-in ballot gets in and everything went according to plan for them um so i just want to highlight a couple of ways a lot of athletes had done this one major um major Thing that happened in June of 2020 when sports was starting to come back was the organization More Than a Vote. And um, More Than a Vote was a new group yeah, started by um, superstar athletes, mostly um, African-American athletes who were promoting getting other African-Americans out to the polls and making sure that they had all the easy access um, that suppressed them to vote in the past to get there and to vote and eventually get to the goal of electing Joe Biden as president. Um, and they were successful and they wanted to inspire a bunch of people to vote. And a couple of names that were a part of this was, as we all know, LeBron James. Um, but then we have Skylar Diggins-Smith, uh, Jalen Rose. Um, and I actually took a, I've taken a couple trips to the organization's page in itself and it's super great they um they came out on the home page of their website that was up today um now that the election results were announced with joe biden winning um detroit in detroit um the election officials projected project stated that voter turnout in detroit was the highest this year that it's ever been in the last like 20 to 30 years which is great 
And some of the awesome ways that they inspired people was through um, wearing Go Vote on their jerseys and on the sidelines and the organization did that. But also they did some concrete things that really, really helped, like turning arenas into polling sites and voting areas. Um, and with that, not only making that more available to them in big cities, which is key for the Democratic vote, was also allowing for discounted transportation to and from polling sites, which make it easier for people to do that. So more than a vote definitely got the job done and a huge round of applause to them for informing the public and making their website, frankly, so very easy to navigate. Because one of the most difficult things I've found in my time as a studying communications in general are websites that are so not user-friendly. I feel that. Actually. Absolutely no reason. Um, I've criticized the NCAA's website for making it so very difficult to find out the slightest bit of information for families, parents, and also people who are just curious for research like myself. Um, and this website has three pages, a home This page. is like my kids never playing a college sport because I can't figure out the website. <laughs> Literally, I can't. And it's all a Sorry. Scam. I'd rather them just be like, just play club. They just can do whatever club. they want. <laughs> like whatever. Um, but they also outlines a list a long list of other entertainers and athletes um who are a part of this cause to follow them on social media and stuff and there are so many names alvin Kamara, ben simmons aja wilson Brittany griner cc sabathia i think kevin hart's on there cj mccullum um so it was all of them getting together and they did something truly fabulous yeah and so i think like I mean, I think this is kind of like the larger conversation we're having about this and not to get like too rambly about it, but is that like, it really is, it's never just sports. Like there's so many that I'll call them the doubters and the haters for now, um, just as like a, a nicer like way to put it. Um, but people that are against athletes using their voice, they're like, it doesn't matter. You're just an athlete. Shut up and dribble, blah, 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 stick to sports. And it's, I think it's things like this that really show that like, when people that have platforms use them, it creates, it, you can really make a difference. Like it's having powerful. polling places, like that's, that was a huge um, topic of conversation this election was um, fewer polling places, at, which if they close polling places, then it's much harder for people to vote. And there are counties in the U.S. that have one polling place for an entire county, which is just absurd. And in more rural areas, people have to have, there were things going viral on Twitter of like, a 94-year-old woman driving 300 miles to go cast her vote, which is absolutely absurd. So doing things like opening arenas for voting, and arenas are obviously so large scale that you can have a much higher capacity of people voting. It's things like that that do really make a difference in that, is that like it, when people's voice is heard, it, it enacts change. And I think like um, with deciding not to play after Jacob Blake was shot, like that's a message. All the work that the WNBA has done, that's a message. So it's like, to the shut up and dribble people, sorry, you're wrong. Like, and, I don't, there's no night, like, biggest, you're wrong. No. My biggest beef with the shut up and dribble haters that we're calling them. The haters. Um, their biggest def argument in all of this is that I hear from yeah. a lot of people that I interact with that say that, um, say that they are not informed on the issues and that they can't understand that. But I'm sorry, when did we as a society 
start discounting the ability to learn new things and to read and to be informed. It's 2020. You can Google anything. You can access anything. You don't need a PhD in political science. LeBron James has had several conversations and I'm sure hundreds, several public conversations and I'm sure hundreds of not so public conversations with very intelligent people like Barack Obama um, the former president like, I don't of think the United States. They are going to go on their three hundred million dollar million dollar a million follower platform and say things that mm. are incorrect without backing it up. The same way I'm not going to come on this show and state a fact that I haven't double checked. Yeah, it's just that's just what we do as human beings. We learn and we adapt. So this is just the way of sports now, and they have to get over it. But. It's kind of like in a place where it's like, get on the train or leave. Like this is, exactly. this is where we're going. And if you're not down for it, you're getting left behind. Like, and that's just, and it's just, it's really shows like, like you've mentioned with like so many athletes, whether they were involved with more than a vote or not using their platforms to tell people to get out and vote. Like right. David Dobrik, sorry, YouTube star that I think is hilarious. Like got some crazy amount of people to register to vote by doing like a Tesla giveaway. And it's like, that's really the power of social media. Like people have a crazy following and, and again, if you got you, it, use it. You, like, you got to use it. And I have like the ultimate respect for people that really did that to like positively enact change. And I think it's, I think it's like really like, this is a big moment in the shut up and dribble era because they said, first of all, no. And then they said, <laughs> they straight up said no. They said no. And then they said, we're going to go do something about it. And guess what, motherfuckers? They did. Um, exactly. Am I allowed to say that? Probably not. It's okay. You can. It's okay, whatever. <laughs> um, There's another And they group- did. So get fucked. Like- <laughs> right. Get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I don't really have a, a, like a more diplomatic way to put it. Get no, on board. No, we don't need to be diplomatic out. about something like this. Get That's on board or get out. Shut um, up and dribble is over. Group- Another group I want to highlight, um, My mom's just because she's going to be like, Lily, what? Lily, what? Mom, this is important. They're boring. Um, <laughs> Monumental Sports and Entertainment is a group that runs a lot of the sports in D.C., including mm-hmm. the Wizard, the Mystics, um, and the Capitals. Um, and they did another cool thing to promote voting um, prior to the election. They partnered with When We All Vote, which is a nonpartisan uh, voting advocacy group, which was funded by Michelle Obama, uh, Tom Hanks, and Lin-Manuel Miranda. Um, They wanted to run a- a, What a trio. Right? Like incredible, (laughs) like chills. So that was funded in 2018 and they partnered with them this year to run a voter registration drive, um, similar to like what David Dobrik did not with a Tesla giveaway, but to promote people to register to vote um, and to promote voting, period. And they did that through direct appeals from athletes on their own social media and whatever platform they have and in-game announcements. And another thing that they did that I think is super critical and I'm sure, I hope I'm sure a bunch of places also did this was Monumental Sports Group gave all of their employees across the board a paid day off on election day to go out and vote. So people didn't really have to worry about taking the day off of work and risking their income uh, to go do this because a lot of the times in the struggle, like you have to weigh your pros and your cons and a day of working and getting paid um, 
would be more important than casting a, a vote in the, to the popular vote system. And um, the key that comes down to all of it um, in this rush, this new rise to getting a lot of people to vote and out to the polls um, stems from social media, specifically athletes on social media and how social media in itself and Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Snapchat, everything you can think of um, has been critical in this battle to get people to register vote and also for athletes to use their platform in whichever way they choose to Just use it fun, in this yeah. time of the year it has been mostly filled with um voting messages but also they can use it for frankly whatever they want because i think it is a great freaking tool to get athletes to interact with their fans on a more personal basis rather than just a fan having to go to a game and it's super interesting the way the world is in right now um i mean with covid happening and all these athletes having to be off of work everyone in america not going to work and staying home in quarantine uh with the creation of tiktok though i don't really like like the platform that much love it it's like a perfect storm for interaction yeah. because it, you know, they're staying at home producing this content athletes by themselves with or without maybe the help of their PR agent or whomever um, their agency is, but that's super personal. They're recording yeah. this and stuff in their home, they are as doing their dance, showing their personality outside of the court and outside of their endorsement commercials. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's like a super personal way for them to connect on that level. And I think COVID strangely helped the, like progress that relationship between yeah. a athlete and the fans. Yeah. And I think like, so yeah, it's a great way for athletes to do like their own self-marketing, but then even like with just like the power of social media in general, like just things like sharing things of like, it it's viral that everyone posts the like, if you're if you're in line by the time the polls close, stay in line, you still get to vote just because the polls technically close. Like that's something I didn't know for, like I, in the last four years I've learned that, but I didn't know that before. And I learned it on social media. So it's- And if it's somebody tells you to yeah. leave, the first thing you think of is, oh, they're right and I'm wrong. Exactly. You get this so, information, in the snap of your fingers and you're like, huh, hold the fuck up. I ain't going nowhere. It's really great to see like athletes kind of like take their platform into their own hands um, and, and do what they want with it to enact positive change, to enact positive change, to like show their personality more. Um, It's a huge thing on TikTok, like athletes showing their home life or like Juju Smith-Schuster just is so funny and is always doing like some dance. And I think it's like so wholesome. Um, So yeah, it's a super powerful thing that I think it's going to continue to get bigger. Um, speaking of social media, let's talk tweets of the week. And I bookmarked, I think a record amount of tweets in the last week, like probably upwards of a hundred because I was obsessed with them all. Um, but I will pick, there is one. Lily has a hundred options and I only have one. Okay. So I, I have one because I wasn't going to, I did my podcast idea for today was, um, can we just sit here and read all the tweets I bookmarked? Um, so I will, I'll just start off with mine cause it's, it's the segue. Um, but since I can't pick all of them, I'm going to pick the one that embodies all of them. Barry, um, Petschke from Defector said, I wish you could relive Twitter from a past event. Just give me a real time time feed from say 11 AM to 1 PM on Saturday. And that, that's exactly what it was. It was just me bookmarking tweets all day. So that's, that's Lily's nice entire life. Yeah. What um, you got, Jess? 
My tweet of the week um, is from Mark Carrick from The Athletic. Um, but, so, this tweet is super funny. Um, the old Mets were four seasons total landscaping. The new Mets oh, are the four seasons. Oh, that's so good. Oh, my God. I, that was so good. I knew it. I saw this. I had a tweet in my head, and I was just scrolling through I'm Twitter dead. as we were going through the intro, and I was like, this, Wait. this is it. The old, I'll say it again for the people in the back. The old Mets were four seasons total landscaping. The new Mets are the four seasons. That's so good. Oh my gosh, that. The four seasons total landscaping internet culture might be the, my favorite thing that's happened since I've been on Twitter. Since 2012 is when I've been since on Twitter. Twitter. Invented, that, that might be like the pinnacle of Twitter. Oh my gosh, so that's funny. so good. I love that. I'm Everybody has had a funny tweet about four seasons total landscaping. Um, do you have a moment of the week? Do I have a moment of the week? I um, feel like actually, I, I don't even know what day it is. So, because we took a bye week, so it's very weird. I don't so know what's going that's on. That's happened in the last two weeks of together. But I have a moment. I do have a moment of the week, but I need to explain it. Um, you explain it because I don't have one, so we'll just call yours because mine is like every like. I think you'll feel some type of way about okay, mine too. Okay, you know what? Too. Instead of like voting this week, Jess is just gonna. We are just gonna moment. make it one because I am just overwhelmed with. And I'll do. We'll it, do something so. cool because it it all ties together. All right. Um, give unfortunately, it. as you all may know, again, unless you are living under a rock. Um, In which case, I can't help you. <laughs> Exactly. And then do better. Um, <laughs> do Alex better. Trebek passed oh. away yeah. this past weekend. And it was super sad. I worked, it was so busy at the restaurant on Sunday, I believe was when the news broke midday on Sunday. I didn't look at my phone. I didn't even get to watch any football. It was a total bummer. And I sat down at the end of the bar at 7 p.m., took out my phone, opened Twitter, and all I saw were montage videos in remembrance of Alex Trebek. And I looked down and I was like, said to the entire bar, I was like, what the fuck? Alex Trebek died? And I just, and they were like, yeah, like we just did a shot for him like 10 minutes Aww. ago. Where were you? I was like sweating in the kitchen. So no, I didn't know what was going on. Um, so I was super upset. And then I just kept scrolling through Twitter, um, looking at these videos of him for so many years. And I watch Jeopardy. My grandfather watches it all the time. And Me since too. he's moved in with us, I've watched a lot of episodes with him. Um, so I know the, the later episodes, but even the early, early years of Alex Trebek that I, even if I watched it, I wouldn't have remembered any of it. It was beautiful to watch him on camera and the way he's so witty and charismatic and a little sassy at the same time without ever Amazing. being rude um, was like something beautiful. And I mean, I would love to be a broadcaster. That would be my goal. And if I have half as much character on- The grace that he has. The, grace is the perfect word. Mm -hmm. Half of the grace that he has on TV, I would consider myself very lucky. And I think that anyone that ever got to watch him on TV doing something, 
not as simple as Jeopardy. I don't mean that the, the mm -hmm. show is easy. I mean, the idea of a game show like that, the simplicity of it all and him doing it Beautiful. with so much grace. Yeah. Um, it was like really calming to me to watch all of this. And like, again, I don't know him personally, but I felt personally like affected by his passing. Like, you know, the same way athletes say, I mean, fans say we about their sports team, like we won a world series, yeah. you know, like it's, it was just like beautiful. And I do have a very funny story about Lily in terms of Jeopardy and the reason why I said that I think she would feel the same way as me. Um, I don't even Lily know and I got very close a couple of years ago when we went to South Carolina and we were, it's we funny. I literally school. have no idea what story you're about to tell. So I'm really intrigued. So we're in the car. It was Lily, me, our friend, Dave Connolly and Will Bjarnar that came on the show previously and came on the podcast in the past. And they our both wonderful, have. sorry, Dave. Yes. And our wonderful mentor, Jane McManus, was driving us to the airport. Or she was driving us home. I can't really remember. Um, and I forget, Jane said something so very relatable. And I was squished in the back seat with Lily with all of our bags. I think we were coming home. So we were driving an hour and a half mm -hmm. to Poughkeepsie from the Westchester airport. And she said, Things I never thought I'd hear for $500, Alex. <laughs> it was so snappy and funny. And I laughed so hard because I feel Aww. like everybody could be able to laugh at a comeback like that because everybody has under understands Jeopardy, understands what Alex were talking about without mm -hmm. saying last name, and understands the whole point of that witty comeback joke that Lily yeah. had made. And I would be lying if I said I hadn't used that witty comeback joke in casual conversation maybe 10 times since you had said that. Oh, that is so heartwarming. Like the first time I made a joke to you, it was a Jeopardy joke. It was a Jeopardy joke. And also so, like, I feel like it's worth noting that everyone in that car, we're all like Jeopardy people. Like we're all like, we yeah, so we all got it. We were all like exhausted oh, from the, so we were sweet. definitely coming home because nobody talks like the whole car ride from the airport. Oh, we were all, we were so tired. <laughs> All like laughing at that it was that is super so funny. nice i never that is so, so that is our moment of the week because that is it, the like, moment of the week the rest in peace alex trebek really like beauty and grace man like that it, he embodied 7 30 at sun uh, 7 30 on weeknights is not going to be the same without him um and rest in peace tommy Heinsohn as well um that has been so those are both really sad things that happened this week. Um, a lot's, lot's been happening this week. Um, I know, right? But <laughs> well, that... I didn't mean to make it so... No, that's okay. That was a really nice way to remember the two people that we lost this week um, um, that we talked about on the show. Um, we both have... We have very, like, heartwarming memories of them, which is, I think, is a really nice thing, um, despite the sadness. So... With that, this has been another episode of Thrown Down with Justin Lily. I'm Lily Caffey-Levine. And I'm Jess King. Tune in to the NBA draft show next week with Sam Giovanni. We're super stoked to have him. Um, and with that, we bid you adieu. And hashtag, it's never just sports. Thanks for tuning in. We will see you next time.